Hi, Matthew and the Crux Investors um, dialing in. Um, my name is Michael Insulin, uh, VP Commercial at uh, Electra Battery Materials. Previously, until uh, yesterday, we were called First Cobalt. We uh, did a name change to Electra Battery Materials uh, Corporation to really reflect the the change in vision that we have for the brand. Uh, previously, uh, we we essentially uh, had uh, a um, an exploration site for cobalt and copper in Idaho, U.S. in the Idaho Copper Belt, name of which is Iron Creek, uh, and a um, cobalt sulfate plant, uh, which uh, intends to process cobalt hydroxide to battery-grade cobalt sulfate uh, to then sell to precursor makers in Ontario, Canada. Michael, uh, that's yes. good. Let's stop there. That's a lot stop of... there, start over. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Lovely, lovely to meet you. Um, I We normally speak with Trent, and obviously he gives us a certain perspective um, for the company. First cobalt, as was, and of course, uh, now, now, we're, now we've got to change. Electro battery uh, materials. What, let's start with you, though, before we kind of get into that. So you are VP of commercial. What does that mean? What's your task? So the reason why Trent uh, hired me was really uh, because I come from the, uh, the Cobalt background. I used to work for Eurasian Resources Group, which is the second uh, biggest um, uh, Cobalt miner in the world. And of course, a huge uh, privately held uh, mining conglomerate. Um, but I, I came to uh, Electro Battery Materials with uh, a pretty long list of contacts from the the industry and uh, people and companies that uh, buy uh, cobalt um, and my role is really to sell the uh, the 5000 uh, tons of uh, cobalt co cobalt contained in cobalt sulfate to uh, markets in north america and europe and and elsewhere in coming years okay so but and how long have you been with the company I've been with uh, Electro Battery Materials for the past seven months. Seven months, okay. And, and you kid on the block. So um, we've spoken with Trent a few times over the year. We're over a year now, and you know it, it seemed quite a basic model when we first started listening to it. It's basically going buy cobalt DRC, bring it to Canada, process it. That was it, right? That was the extent of the the intent. Um, with this name change, it suggests that you've got a slightly different model moving forward. And I think, and I think Trent gave us some clues last time we spoke about what you wanted to try to start doing. So can you just sort of lay out the plan of how you commercialize this business? Do you need to move further downstream? Do you reposition the company in any way, shape or form? How are you going to tackle the market? Matt, it's a good question. The The idea, the, the principal idea uh, that we uh, they had, my colleagues, when they started First Cobalt was really to to bring, as you said, hydroxyl from the DRC, process it to uh, battery-grade cobalt sulfate in Canada and sell it to uh, third parties uh, in North America and Europe. That is in itself a very good business idea. There is a good margin. But it's small, there. but it's small, right? That was the problem. And the margins the are being, okay, but they're not great. So what's uh, changed? The margins are, are, are very decent because you have to think about this uh, from the sort of global perspective. The alternatives that the battery industry has in North America and Europe um, in terms of uh, salts is really either to go to Finland, but there's a very limited capacity, or they have to go to China. Uh, and what the whole battery industry is trying to do is really to um, alleviate, alleviate the pressure of having to uh, go through China at some stage of the battery supply chain. And what we're offering essentially is 
in the first stage of just doing sulfate, of course, there are pecan plants in North America. They are uh, not particularly big at present, but they will grow. And in Europe as well, of course. Um, so there is a ready market for our sulfates in the Atlantic region, as it were. But with this rebrand, you're right, we're, we're, we're sort of tackling the bigger battery materials challenge here, which is not only about cobalt, it's also about nickel and it's also about precursors. Because a lot of the battery supply chains that, that are being set up in Europe and North America right now, they still rely on some portion of the supply chain running through China. Right. Okay. You can, because we're going to get a little bit technical here, we better start... Um, Doing some definitions for people, okay? So, with a battery peak precursor, is what what's it used for, and who is going to be buying from you? So, the the battery supply chain is it's five or six different steps, right? You have to extract the material, <clears throat> you do some primary refining into salts or sulfates. It's for an NCM battery, which is the most popular battery. You get the nickel sulfate, the cobalt sulfate, the manganese sulfate. At the PCAM stage. You essentially mix all of these together and get a nice uh, powder, uh, which is precursor material for cathode active material. Then that is transferred to a cathode active materials plant where you add the lithium. And then that cam goes to the cell plant to then be rolled up with the, 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 uh, the anode uh, and then uh, with the electrolytes. And then you have a cell. Right, and then let's let's talk about where you because because there's you know people like people assume that miners talk directly to automotive automotive manufacturers, right? There's a few people that sit in between capturing value all the way along that food chain. So again, with, with where you were to what you're going to be, what's that? How far down that chain do you move? Well, I I think you you know we're actually posi positioning ourselves in a very unique place in the Western Hemisphere, which is covering uh, extraction, primary refining down to precursor. And we're including recycling, right? And I believe we're the only company in North America that actually covers all of these um, four steps. And what you have, the build out of the battery supply chain, Matt, in North America has so far been about electric vehicle assembly plants, fine, cell plants, Fine. And some of these cell plants will have cathode materials plants. Fine. But no one has done the extraction through to precursor materials. And that's what we're positioning ourselves to do. Right. And, and what, what would that, what's that going to mean commercially, to use your job title, for the business in terms of its ability to capture what incremental margin or incremental dollars, however you want to look at it? If you, if you looked at that, what, what, what's, the, what's the change in the business for you? Well, there's a margin to be had, of course, in each uh, step of this uh, this process. The the precursor margins are have historically been quite good. If you look at the the Chinese market in particular, um, because that's where you've uh, you know some magic happens. And we're really looking for a joint venture partner, and we've started talking to potential joint venture partners about setting up the precursor plant, because that is really where uh, a lot of margin is to be had. But that's not to say that uh, the other steps are unprofitable by any means. Recycling is tremendously profitable, uh, but at the current stage, uh, you know, it's, it's not a huge market. There is black mass out there. It's going to grow and it's going to grow as a business for us. Uh, but right now, the volumes are relatively small. 
Um, and then, of course, refining, there is a very good margin there as well. It, it isn't um, a super slim margin, and we expect to grow the primary refining as we grow the battery materials park in Ontario, so that we can still service our cobalt sulfate clients in, in Europe and in Asia and North America. So, so where are you today? Because look, coming out with marketing announcements and marketing initiatives is one thing, right? They're, they're lovely headlines and they also show intent, right? They say, this is where we want to be. And you've kind of done that. You're, you're talking about you know, a battery precursor, but you're going to need to find a partner. And you talk about nickel sulfate, you're going to need to find supply there. And you took out a battery parks. It's not built yet. So there's, and, and, and when it is built, we need to understand what, what does that look like? Do you own 100% of it? Or are you, are you partnering with people to actually build a physical, industrial, or chemical park? I mean, what, what, what's the vision? So the vision is to, as you said, to build the battery materials park down to precursor material in Canada. Now, how, how does that look on, on site and who owns it? Very good question, right? Uh, the, the truth is that we are very likely to go at it uh, on our own in terms of, of course, the cobalt sulfate and the recycling, which we're already doing, as well as the nickel sulfate, because those are very similar uh, technologies. We have a great uh, team on site, both building and capable of operating these, these uh, assets. Uh, when it comes to the precursor plants, uh, we will very likely look for a joint venture partner, whether that's 50-50 or 60-40, or we don't know. Uh, but it is a matter of IP, which we would, I think, be better off in terms of to bring this online as quickly as possible. We would be better off uh, doing a joint venture with someone who's already doing it. Okay. That's the way to do it quickly. But yeah, and, 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 and I think that, okay, that, and that, that sounds smart in terms of because um, I think there's a, there's a um, there's the kind of first to market type syndrome here around battery metals, and especially when you're saying there's not a lot of competition at the moment. The fact that you if you get into production sooner, it stops other people from coming in. It's a barrier to entry because they'll look at the margins to be made and think, well, I'm not sure I want to put the the capex out to compete against something that's already there. And he has got all the contracts in front of us. So, no, I, I understand that. So, the, talk to me about the battery park then in terms of the, the, the moving parts. So, if you bring a partner in for the the kind of precursor component with their IP and you, sh you use both balance sheets to fund this thing, that makes a lot of sense. With the nickel sulfate, I mentioned, you're going to have to go and find and source nickel or whatever form that you get it in to be able to then process it and capture more margin down the line, aren't you? So how's that, how's that going to work? We're looking at a variety of options on the nickel side. As you know, <clears throat> Canada is a, an extraordinarily resource-rich nation. And I think one of the things that uh, Canada might improve, though, is to add value in the country, not export you know, semi-processed materials. And this is really an opportunity for a lot of existing and uh, future projects in Canada to send their intermediate materials to a battery materials park in the country to add value um, in, in, in Canada. Um, there's a lot of uh, promising uh, partners on the raw material feed supply side, uh, not only uh, from the mining side, but as you alluded to before, you know, you do have OEMs that have gone out there and secured raw materials. And we 
uh, may have been approached to uh, to process some of this uh, raw material as well. Uh, the 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 concept of the battery materials park is not something that we're just uh, you know dreaming up as a, this is a great story. Uh, this really comes from commercial negotiations that we have had over the past uh, year and a bit, maybe two years. And the idea here is that the market in North America uh, is asking us. Uh, to do this. And finally, we, we've done the analysis and it is a very, very good uh, concept and we're going to go full steam ahead with it. What I'm, but I'm, what I'm getting at is where do you make the margin? What does that look like compared to your whatever it is, 230 million market cap today, right? I'm trying to get a sense of is there a growth story here or is it a very slow and steady thing because you, you, you have to go and secure small contracts, prove yourselves, build it up, and over the next five years, you, you may get there? Or are you just a landlord to a bunch of partners in a business park? Um, you know, what's the, what's the business model? What's the plan of how the money is made? Because if I can see that, I might get, I could get I could get excited. So you know, I don't know how much you can just share with us. Yeah, no, no, it's a good question. I mean, we, we could be a landlord. We've we've added a, a lot of land around the existing site over the past six months, right? So, you know, could could we uh, uh, could we lease it out to a bunch of different businesses? Uh, you know, making their own margins. Uh, yeah, it's a possibility, but th that's not the plan, Matt. The 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 plan here really is to build. Finalize the construction of the cobalt sulfur plant and the recycling line, which is essentially already in place uh, in, in many ways. Um, the uh, next step is to build the nickel sulfur plant. Uh, we will start construction on this as soon as we are ready. And we already have the construction crew. We have all of the relationships. So we will capture the recycling margin. We'll, we'll capture in-house the cobalt sulfate margin and nickel sulfate margin. Now, when it comes to the precursor material. That's where we think we would like to share it because we would like to bring in another partner. And we're talking to potential partners uh, that have the intellectual property to produce uh, precursor material. And they are copious amounts of companies looking for uh, sites in uh, North America. And you talked about barriers to entry before. You know, it's, it's not a really matter of uh, us being first movers. Yes, we are very early movers. That, that is true. But this is such a fast-growing industry. There will be a lot of space to grow here. The biggest barrier to entry is really the process engineering know-how, which we do have in-house with our technical uh, team. That's great. Um, and the construction know-how, of course, which we are also have in-house but really it's it's about uh, also about permitting of course uh, of the site you can't build these things anywhere you do need a lot of environmental planning and we have carried out that work so that's that's the biggest barrier probably surpassed already so how do, how do you compete then with people with big balance sheets right so let, let's say the oems kind of start getting that together and they're securing options on various or around the world on, on various um, uh, materials, you know, copper, nickel, graphite, zinc, whatever. Um, they they have got the ability to, to fund the build of competing battery parks, really, right? And they, they could be strategically located for for them. You know, so lots of, there's lots of ways that um, you know people can come into this space. So, so 
that's why I'm interested in barriers to entry. You know, the, the know-how of building, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there who, who could build. The technical know-how out ex-China, is that, is that a real, is there, are there very few teams that could actually genuinely deliver this technically? Or again, is that something that if the, if people start looking at it and can think that there's enough money to be made, they'll start moving in and that the competition for you will increase. I mean, how are you looking at the market? You're the commercial guy, so you must have a sense of how much time you've got to kind of get this done and, and get it right. Yeah, the, you know, the, the technical know-how to do this, and I, I speak from absolutely no capacity of knowledge here because I'm not a technical guy, but I do speak to our experts. There's no problem, you know, drawing out the flow sheet here to make all of these materials. Uh, the issue really is permitting, construction, and process engineering. And this is a pretty massive learning curve, uh, in addition, of course, to the, to the permitting. So I, I don't, you know, I, I don't see uh, battery materials parks uh, popping up left, right, and center. It's also really a matter of who, who from the OEMs is willing to do this right now because the, the partnering up in the battery supply chain, it's complicated. It's, it's essentially like, uh, you know, a bunch of teenagers dating and, you know, trying to create relationships and some will fall apart. Some will flourish into marriages and all of this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a learning process for the, for the whole industry. Um, and uh, I really do believe that with the interest that we've had from uh, the OEMs, the auto industry, uh, the cell industry, uh, we, you know, they're looking at us and, and they, we do have significant support. Nothing that we can reveal right now, but uh, in the future, we will uh, reveal uh, the likes of that, that support. Okay, so, okay, well, that's important, okay, because OEMs talk to everyone all the time. They want to know what's going on all the time. They want to know what their options are. They've got to secure five years, 10 years, 15 years worth of, of supply for their supply chain because, you know, designing stuff in and out of batteries or, or, or cars generally, it takes a long time, right? So um, the solidity of any agreement or understanding with them, you know, the, the more certainty there is around that, the easier it is for you to get money, get cheaper money. Uh, the easier it is for the market to actually understand the realities of what, what you've got. But, you know, MOUs and letters of understanding or intent don't really mean too much at the moment. So we seems to be where a lot of people are at the moment. So you think that you are looking, you are looking to close down some of those discussions into something that could be quantified financially. Is that, that, that that's your part of your remit, I guess, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I hear this a lot that MOUs don't don't really matter. They don't mean a lot. I, I'm not, uh, I think, of the, the same view, to be honest, Matt. An MOU or a letter of intent indicates that discussions and negotiations should proceed on a, on a timeline that has been determined in the MOU. Um, and so once both parties do sign an MOU, we're really looking to complete business, right? Uh, so I think over the next, uh, next few months, uh, say half a year, there will be a few interesting MOUs coming out from our side. Um, now, most of those will relate to uh, commercial cobalt sulfate because until the, the nickel plant and the precursor plants are up and running by the mid, mid uh, middle of this decade, uh, 2025, 2026, 
uh, we really have to sell the cobalt sulfate, of course. And we we are uh, we intend to lock in long term uh, deals here, uh, which means that we will have to expand the cobalt sulfate. Uh, beyond what we are producing in, in the first stage, of course, to cater for these long-term contracts going forward as well. Right. And can you give, or have you given, or can you give forward guidance in terms of revenue for 2022, 23, 24, 5, et cetera, right up until the point where you st- some of these bigger ideas start actually manifesting themselves dollar-wise? We have worked out an internal uh, financial model for all of the phase, uh, all of the four phases, which is essentially cobalt sulfate. Recycling nickel sulfate and, and precursor, uh, but we're not ready to release uh, that quite yet, Matt. Uh, we will uh, continue working on it. And of course, we're in the commodity industry. Uh, commodity prices are volatile. Uh, everything changes very rapidly. So we would like to uh, keep on analyzing that. What I would say is that uh, it, it looks like a very profitable uh, business. Uh, the, the What we expect to be is the premium battery materials supplier. We will be the greenest battery materials supplier in the world. And if you look at uh, the general trend in the industry is that green material will command a premium going forward. So beyond the sustaining margins that you expect any plants to have, we would expect to be above that simply because of a, a green premium. And these are both uh, just the idea of a green premium that companies will pay uh, more money essentially to have a greener material. But there, there are also, of, of course, mechanisms uh, in place uh, that will be in place over the next few years. Things like the uh, carbon border adjustment mechanism in Europe, and you probably see that popping up in North America as well, where where you essentially have governments penalizing material, uh, which is, is not clean. Uh, so we, we have another bit of margin there to capture as well. Where, where do companies like you start measuring that? Because we sort of we've seen um, reports today of governments reporting their CO2 emissions and they're being picked up and going, well, actually, we're not sure we believe your numbers here. So that's on a government level because they, they, they've got different, different countries measure things in different ways. Do you, will you start, when you talk about, I'm the, we're going to be the greenest. Do you start measuring that from when the product hits, hits your front door or do you track it all the way back down to where it's been mined in the DRC and, and, and count that in terms of the, the, the number that you present? Uh, the, the analysis that we've done. So we did a third party analysis um, a little while back and that was only on a plant level where we essentially have half of the carbon emissions of our biggest competitor, which is, of course, Huayu in, in China, uh, mainly due to, uh, of course, hydroelectric grid in Ontario, whereas Chinese are based on coal. But even if you go back, if you just look at the high-level numbers, uh, if we run the battery supply chain uh, to North America, we're essentially half of the transport distance, so freight, you know, sea freight emissions, half of uh, the distance uh, compared to the Chinese routes uh, to North America. And if we were to ship our material into Europe, we're about uh, uh, 30%, 30, well, it's one third uh, lower emissions compared to the Chinese routes. Uh, And then, of course, when it comes to uh, adjustment mechanisms, uh, whether in, in, in the sense of tariffs or other mechanisms like carbon pricing, 
because of these two uh, items, we expect to be be much lower than the Chinese. Um, the 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 other issue, of course, here is we we do have a very good rail. Uh, uh, network running from the port of Montreal, where we have inbound and outbound cargoes uh, up to very near our refinery. And we will be looking uh, to draw, uh, you know, work with the government and work with the rail company to uh, um, to construct an additional line to the refinery site, just a couple of kilometers, really, uh, just so that we, we really try to not run any trucks uh, here in this operation. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess at, at some point it'd be important for you to be able to have an independent come in and put all these numbers together for you. Um, but I appreciate the kind of general numbers there. Um, you're, I mean, share price has done well in, in, in the last 12 months. And so again, in the last 12 months, you know, you've gone from sort of 12, 13 cents up to 42 cents. So that, that's great news. Market cap is what you've been able to raise a lot of money, you know, raise whatever 37, 38 million bucks back in. Was it July sort of time? Another, you've got, a, a, again, a convert of 7.5 you've done recently. So I think the market's liking what you've got to say. But a, a 230 million market cap without being able to actually give guidance on revenue and you can't yet talk about contracts in place. It's going to get harder and harder for people to value you as, as a company. So yeah, you're kind of conscious of that. Well, now you made me very conscious of it. Of course, we do. We do have numbers, Matt, and we we have gone out with uh, with numbers uh, in our investor presentation, and uh, anyone can see it on our website. Right? Um, we are talking internally about doing a um, a re um, uh, sort of um, not remodeling, but essentially relaunching the company and provide new. Uh, forecast numbers in coming months that does incorporate the the expansion here uh, from not only phase one, which is cobalt sulfate, but also two, three, and four, which is recycling uh, nickel sulfate and precursor. So uh, you look out for that, but I'm not willing to give you any numbers uh, right here, right now, uh, but um, it's it's forthcoming. Okay. Okay. It's forthcoming. Um, well, look, and look, and I appreciate you, you know, you don't deal with the finance side of the business. I'm not going to, I'm not going to grill you on, on, on any of that or you know, the construction of the, um, the convert, et cetera. Um, but you are as a commercial guy, you're the beneficiary of that. So how are you going to use this money? You obviously got a lot of money in cash at the moment. So you've got all the money you need, I guess. Well, you know, the, the, the money that's, has been raised. Really, it is for the first phase and second phase construction items, right? We, we really just need to execute here. This is uh, this is a matter of executing in the next uh, 12 to 14 months and have the cobalt sulfate plants up and running towards the end of 2022. And we stick by that. And shortly after, uh, we will have the recycling line up and running. I oh, see. see that's, the, that's the really interesting bit here because I think a lot of people are starting to catch on to the fact that recycling is going to be such an important component to the story in terms of the, the full cycle. Um, you know, recoveries on, we've seen recoveries on nickels and it's 70%. It's one of the higher recovery materials out there, you know, for cobalt. And was, are those, the, was that the two you're going to focus on in terms of the recovery? We're, we're going to, from black mass and other <clears throat> battery supply chain outputs, we will be, <clears throat> most likely producing uh, the following products. So it will be a nickel and cobalt, 
it will be lithium products and it will be copper products. Okay, got it. Okay. Well, that'll, that'll be interesting um, when you start giving us a bit of an idea of um, what the recycling business is going to look like and you know when, you, when you're going to get out there. But look, Michael, love to meet you. Good chat today. It's always interesting to speak to the commercial guys because they've, they're the ones that've got to like put this thing together and keep the money f- flowing and put the contracts in place. So it was a, a nice insight for people to understand how the company's going about it. So appreciate your time today. Um, hopefully we'll see you or Trent in the near future. Thank you very much, Matt. Happy to be here.